behalf of family and friends in Victory Baptist Church, it's our honor and privilege to be here today as we gather to remember Hezekiah, Kaya, Kaya Bear, Goat. Everyone in this room and plenty of others who aren't able to make it today have been touched by his life. We are thankful for the miracle that his life was and still is and the testimony that is able to be given about the Lord's goodness and faithfulness all throughout those years and even through today. The same God then is the same God today. The Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter 41, verse number 10, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Dear family, the Lord loves you. And you can look around today and see how much you are loved and how much Hezekiah was loved. You can see from the scripture today that God gives some wonderful promises that you can rest on today, that you can draw strength from. He says simply, he's with you. Trust in the presence of God. There's no presence like the presence of Almighty God. He says, I am thy God and I will strengthen thee. I know that you're about plumb out of strength, but God's got plenty. Lean on his. He will give it to you. All you must do is receive it by faith. Ask of him and he'll give it. Ask him for the strength today and he'll give it. He's given it thus far and he'll continue to be faithful and powerful and mighty enough to give you the strength the rest of the way. The same grace that saves is the same grace that sustains. And then he tells us, I will uphold thee. When you can't hold yourself, God will do it for you. Our life is not so much how much we cling to the Lord, but it's that he's always clinging to us. He'll never let us go. He says, I'll uphold thee with my right hand of my righteousness. And his hand will never fail. Those are, though ours tremble, though ours grow weary, God remains strong and steadfast and holds us with his loving, righteous hand. Lean on him today. Let us pray. Almighty God, we come to you this day. We don't want to thank you, Lord. We just want to thank you and praise you, God, for a new day. God, we come with heavy hearts before you, Lord. We come before your throne today in a time of need and time of trouble. God, we trust that you're there. We trust that you are here right now. In this place, you're here with the family. God, we pray, O oh Lord, that you would fulfill these promises according to your word. And God, this family would receive uh, each one of those things that you offer, Lord, by faith. Just simply trust you, Lord, that you would strengthen and uphold them. That you would just be a help and a comfort. God, that you would be our confidence today. Lord, we thank you for the life and the testimony of dear Hezekiah. And we pray, O oh God, that today that each one of us would see the great need to know you, Lord. There is nothing more comforting than knowing Christ. And Lord, we, we thank you that you would send your son to give us eternal life and that we can have assurance and that we can even go through such a time like this. We thank you for your saving grace, but God, we thank you today. And we ask of you for that sustaining and strengthening grace for all the family, for all the friends, Lord, for each of us today. Lord, may you be glorified and honored today. In Jesus' name, amen. At this time, there's a couple of family members who would like to come and give testimony. They can come right this way and then there'll be a song. to be the first to say what this little boy meant to us. This little boy 
has taught us to to grow closer together, not to be selfish, to love one another, and to think about others before self. And I'm just very thankful to be a part and a and an uncle to Hezekiah, and and a brother to you, Carrie, and a brother-in-law to you, and just very thankful for every single one of y'all. Good morning. Those of you who don't know my name, uh, Tony Hicks, I was uh, Carrie's brother-in-law, Carrie's sister's husband, twice removed, mom's too. <laughs> no, but uh, I had the honor and the privilege of being Kaya and Bailey's uncle, and uh, I got the honor and privilege of getting to be there the day that Kaya entered the world. I remember Garrett was there, and Johnny, Delilah, Joey, and Valerie, and the girls, and my wife, and Bailey, and I think Carrie was there too. <laughs> but uh, throughout throughout that little man's struggles, um, he faced brain surgeries, he faced pain, he faced sickness, and uh, amongst all that pain and sickness he faced, he had uh, he had a smile on his face most times. You could always, you could always look at him. You, I remember the first time I ever held him. Carrie and Garrett were living over in Laurel Fork, and I remember they brought him in there, and they said, "You want to hold him?" I said, "Lord, no." <laughs> I scared to death, but my my wife she helped me, and I got to hold him, and uh, he's been such a precious little fellow. And uh, I know today it. We look at a situation like this and we think, how can we talk about the goodness of God? Where's the goodness of God at? It is very much present with us. I was telling my wife the other day, I said, sure was sad to, to see him leave this old world, but boy, what I would have given to see them first steps in heaven, wouldn't y'all? Just to see the joy, the, I got to think the first steps he ever took were in the kingdom of God, the first words he ever spoke were to the Lord. And not many of us, not any of us can say that. But uh, I just wanted to share a little bit of scripture with you from Romans 8, 18. It says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For this earnest expectation of the creature waited for the manifestation of the sons of God, for the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Kaya has been freed from that bondage of corruption. He is in the presence of Almighty God in our liberty and our freedom and by God's grace, by his atoning work on the cross, we'll be able to see him there. But only by repentance and belief in the gospel. And I thank you all for coming here.
I never felt this day would come. I know that sentence has been repeated so many times, but as a mommy, she's not supposed to bury her child. There should never be a child-sized casket, but nevertheless, here we are. At first, I want to say thank you to everyone near and far for helping me and my family pay for Kaya's funeral, but also financially always being there and helping us with Kaya's needs. He needed a ramp, and the community was there to build a ramp. He loved fire truck, fire trucks. I wanted to take the toy to the point I was going to sink it into eternity of the trash can, but I couldn't do it. And a friend of mine gave Kaya fire truck rides. You guys have had two benefits for him and fundraising for him. Thank you. I have shared his GoFundMe one more time to ask for one last thing. I would like to have a bench by his grave, and I got permission to do so, but they are very expensive. I asked for Kaya for help for Kaya's funeral because no one would give us life insurance. And you guys have showed up. I hope in my lifetime, this will be the last time that I will have to ask for financial help because I want to keep Kaya's journey alive by becoming the giver and not the receiver. Kaya, at 11.21 a.m. on January 17th of 2015, you were born. It obviously wasn't planned, and we wasn't sure you would live, but we had to get you out to give you a chance. They came in to tell me that I was going to need an epidural, and I said, no, sir, I'm not. He said, honey, you're going to want a spinal block, and again, I followed with, no, I don't. I explained I wanted to be put to sleep. I have to have time to process things, and that... That morning, I had, I really hadn't had time to process that me and Kaya were crashing, much less uh, process that I was going to have a baby. I guess when they do ultrasounds, you have a mental picture of how the baby, how big the baby is, but in reality, they aren't so big. But anyway, he told me, well, if you have sedation, your husband can't be there to see your child being born. Garrett didn't even speak a word. He knew I needed sedation. So we go to the operating room, and I get on the table, and I kept saying I was scared. My anxiety had went through the roof, and as I lay there, I just continued to explain how scared I was, and I asked for someone to pray for me. There was about 15 people in the room, and the anesthesiologist was right beside of me, and he said, I'll pray with you. We prayed, and I opened my eyes back up, and I looked around, and I said, that didn't work. <laughs> I'm still scared. And he says, ma'am, you're right. You're absolutely right. You do need anesthesia. <laughs> we all laugh at that. But when you listen to all of that happen that day, God was there. I needed to be put to sleep, yes. But Garrett didn't know what to expect. And when Kaya was born, it was tragic.
but I feel God gave the sedation to save everyone from some stress of me, but to also protect Garrett from having to witness what happened to Kaya at the first second. Later that day, I got to see him. Kaya was in the NICU 96 days, and I went 89 days with them. I would go to work from 8 to 12, drive an hour and a half to Roanoke, spend care time with Kaya, drive back home an hour and a half to make it home in time to tuck Bailey into bed and put her to sleep. The day that Kaya came home, I was so scared. I didn't want to tell anyone because I thought it was, I'm supposed to be happy and excited, but I was so scared. I put on a front and I took it a step at a time and we made it. We didn't make it home one week and Kaya was back in the hospital again. His first year, we never stayed home more than two weeks. He was diagnosed with hydrocephalus at 10 days old. When he was born, the blood vessels popped in the brain as they were trying to get him to breathe. He had two brain surgeries while in the NICU. I never knew I'd learn so much about a brain or become an unofficial nurse in eight years. He had eight brain surgeries total the first year. He wouldn't have needed so many, but the neurosurgeon at the time put Kaya's shunt in backwards. So instead of the spinal fluid draining to the abdomen, the abdomen fluids went to the brain and he caught meningitis. When I feel sure to say once you get that and you go through five brain surgeries in four weeks and you survive, you are a miracle. We already knew he was a miracle. But to be put through a horrific storm again, he wouldn't begin to think, you wouldn't begin to think an adult could handle that, much less a baby that was less than 20 pounds. He made it through. The next eight years, I never knew would or could happen. It was hard. Once I saw Kaya was delayed and the then physically his brain, the physical damage his brain had done to him. The, as the years went on, it was hard. I grieved so many times alone because everyone wanted me to be optimistic. I wanted to too, but the pain was so deep and I just wanna stop and say, please be supportive of someone grieving. Even if you don't believe what they believe, just hug them. Don't try to fix it by saying be positive. You know, if we could be positive, we would. It's not a choice you make. You can play a mind game and tell yourself to be happy, but you can't force that feeling to happen. Especially, don't tell, them to be, don't tell someone to be optimistic as they're processing their child with special needs. Instead of being frustrated with the continuous crying and the grieving, please be understanding that I was grieving over the fear of today. I've never heard him say mommy. I've never seen him stand independently. He never walks, talks, or eats. I was grieving a little bit of that. I grieved for every little thing and big thing that was stolen from him. A lot of the time I wasn't granted permission to grieve. I would go to a doctor's appointment and get bad news and I was expected to come home and live the typical life. Never to be sad, never cry. And I'm not referring to Garrett, so don't trip him on the way out. <laughs> I'm just referring to everyone I was surrounded by. 
of the last eight years. If we say mental health is important, then please accept when someone hurts. Be supportive. I promise it'll make the healing happen a lot faster and it will naturally bring out the happy. If a kid falls and gets hurt, they cry. We can say stop crying and let's go and dismiss it or we can kneel down beside them, kiss their boo-boo or cut, give them a hug and say I'm so sorry, do you feel better now? Trust me, from a person who hurts a lot, being understandable and considerate versus being frustrated and inconsiderate will help build a person who then will find joy instead of them feeling the pain and don't know how to bring help themselves through it. Kaya brought eight years of joy. He would inspire me many times that no matter the suffering or the pain, he would smile. He was accepting of love, hugs, tears, or pain. He was so patient with me while I tried to understand what he was wanting most of the time. Sometimes if I didn't get that sippy cup fast enough or if I got in the way of Mickey Mouse, he would show a little impatience. He would hug my neck and pat me on the back. He would calmly, softly take his lips and place them on my cheek with his arm around my neck. And that was his way of giving mommy a kiss. And sometimes he would whisper in my ear, da, 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 da. He would lay still for the nurses to try to and get an IV. You could tell it hurt him, but he knew the routine. One night we stopped counting at 15 attempts of an IV. Kaya ended up having a central line. The last six months or so, I have tried so hard to get his body to eat. I remember the nurse would sit beside him all day and work with his stomach and then I would come home for work and try all night long. For hours I'd beg his belly to please just process one syringe of milk. Then it went to Pedialyte and then it went to just water. I took him to the hospital two different times in the last month and a half. We had stayed two weeks out of the five or six. I learned pretty much manually how to work his stomach all the way to pooping and peeing, and I was catheting him and helping him pass the gas through the stomach and the colon and feeding the small bowel. And as soon as he would show me discomfort, I was thankfully able to take off what his body couldn't process and make Kaya comfortable again. I have learned so much on how to rescue a person physically, but this time when we got discharged from the hospital, I left without knowledge. My heart knew, but my brain didn't. We came home on a, and, and Kaya was on a feeding machine for 24-7. Still happy and still played, but then he couldn't process an ounce of food an hour. So we switched over to water, and his belly still grew big. I wasn't understanding. I was doing everything my intelligence knew, and I still was failing Kaya. The doctor told me to turn the machine off, but I still had hope. I just knew we would give it some time and Kaya would bounce right back. Then Kaya went to needed oxygen. Last Wednesday, I told the nurse I knew in my heart something was off. I didn't say anything, but I knew in my heart it was time to make the decision. I never told Garrett. I didn't speak to Ronnie. I didn't speak to anyone. 
I would be rejected once again in what I've been told. I told myself, Carrie, now is the time to make the decision. Are we going to do brain surgery or are we going to stay home? After talking to the doctors for weeks and fighting reality and researching all of my options, I realized I'm out of options. Kaya's journey was coming to a close. So I held him. I had put him back on the feeding machine, but I took him back off. Then I stopped the oxygen and explained I just wanted to hold him without any machines. He let me hold him for almost two days. I did let family hold him too, but I held him. The last night we spent together, I soaked it up. I sat in the recliner with him and just soaked up each breath I felt of his body on mine. The day he died, he started desatting, and I knew that it was going to be that day that he was going to leave me. I held him as his body fluids were coming out. I didn't care what was happening because he was still taking breaths, so I still held. When he stopped, I paused. I screamed in anger. I balled my fist and I screamed as loud as I could and as angry as I could. How could this have happened? How can this be humane? How can this be possible? Did I literally just hold my baby as he flew away to heaven? Why did he have to leave me? Why did he choose at 1.11 p.m. on March 10th to fly away? Now I sit here in a quiet house. I'm awake and he's not in his room squealing and banging those toys together. I will never wake up to hearing his dad, 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 dad's again. I will never feel his body, his weight, his hair, his cheek. I'll never be able to sing you are my sunshine again to him. My heart is still beating. My lungs are still inhaling. My feet are still walking. My eyes are still seeing what I do to give all of me to him. The world keeps spinning. Cars keep going down the interstate. Schools, schools are in session. Even my family and friends have went back to their routine of daily life. My biological mom left me the day I was born, and she still has her daughter. I never left Kaya, and I lost him. How does she get rewarded and I lose? Kaya, you are my sunshine. You are so precious. You are the reason I am who I am. I will love even when I want to be in the flesh and retaliate. I will still choose love. I will be more understanding, considerate, forgiving. I will show compassion, and I will have a tender heart. I will keep your legacy alive and strive to be a better person because that's who you've taught me to be. You will be missed so much, and I'm already lost. I'm at a total loss. Time has stopped, and I don't know where to go. I just stare in a daze. I'm feeling frozen. I'll close in saying, you will never have another needle stuck in you.
You will never have to be still while they do an MRI or a CT scan. You will never have an x-ray again. You will never be in a hospital. You will never have a surgery or procedure. You will never have a doctor's appointment again. There will never be another knock on the door for a therapy session. You have brought so many precious people into my life and I'm gonna have to let them go too. I can't list all of you because I will leave someone out. So forgive me. But I wanna say a special thank you to his caregivers and his nurses and his doctors and his surgeons and his specialists and his therapists and his teachers and hospice. I'm going to miss I'm going to miss each of you so much. My house that was filled once 24/7 with care is now down to a party of 3. mother can't thank you enough for all of your love and caring for my baby see you soon Kaya Bear I love you
Today, with sincerity from the heart and the honor to be a part of the service today, it's a privilege to be able to share with the family under certain difficulties that they've faced through eight years and how mom could get up and, uh, and do what just took place is, uh, is nothing short of amazing of our God. Uh, just, uh, you know, our heart goes out. I met this little fella uh, right after he was born. He is so tiny. And I'll never forget going into the hospital in the NIC unit and all them hoses and everything and he's so tiny that all that swallowed him up and and all and as you heard the traveling back and forth for hours and I make that journey to them hospitals uh, all the time and it gets old and weary and the the toll it took on on uh, on the parents Garrett and 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 Carrie and all the family and you know but still through it all God has made a way that you could be strong through him and and today, I know it's the, the hardest day, and, and you know, me and I know uh, Pastor Joe is uh, counting it a pure honor to be able to minister to the family, and, uh, and not just today, but in days ahead that we could, uh, we could uh, be there for you any way that we can. And, you know, whether, whether you ever attend the Hillsville Pentecostal Holiness Church or, or, or not, I'll be there for you, and I'll love you. But I can tell you this, you need to be in God's house somewhere that preaches the gospel and allow God to let you grow and be a blossom for him. And, and you know, I, as I was talking with, with Carrie and, and Garrett uh, the other night, me and my wife, we, we, we had listened to the stories and just listened. They needed to hear. And as we listened and, and the memories and all the things and talking about uh, how special this young man was. And, but I remember when they wasn't giving this young man any time uh, when he was born. And, but look what God done. To give you eight precious years that that flew by now that it just seems like it was only yesterday that all this took place and and all and uh, and the struggle of your life you're tired you're weary and and little Kai he was wore out and and he had fought a fight and and he kept on fighting because he he felt the love around him with his family and his friends and I remember the benefits oh what crowds there was to come out and support you. And still today they show that. And and Garrett, as as I was talking, you you you'd brought up the scripture uh, in Second Timothy, and 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 I want I want you to know that Paul was saying I, I fought this fight. I'm done with the with the fight against sin and and all this. But but Kaya, he's done with the fight against these needles, Carrie, and against these scans and against against this that he never knowed. He, he didn't know what it was like to walk. He didn't know what it's like to talk. And, but now he does because now I go back to the scripture where God says, no eyes seen or no ears heard those things prepare for those who love him. And, and there's going to be a day that we'll all be able to experience it. But right now, all I can tell you is I can only imagine what it'll be like. But now, back to Timothy, it's for now I'm ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand. I fought a good fight. I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. I, I 
have kept that faith. And, you know, this little child, he, he, you know, he ain't of age of accountability anyway, but I believe this child is special. And I believe this child and children with, uh, with uh, deficits like what he had is even greater in God's kingdom. And I believe that, that you know, who knows? God might say they're going to lead the charge on the way back to get to church. I, I mean, I don't know, but, but I can only imagine what it's like now for him. Uh, not not uh, being confined to a bed, not being confined, to not being able to eat that ounce of food. I mean, I, I don't know if we'll eat there uh, or not. I know that uh, Jesus, after he came back, uh, uh, you know, he ate with the disciples fish. I, I mean, I don't know what it's going to be like, but all I know is it's going to be grand. But here, there's brokenness and there's hurt because of the flesh and our sin nature. There's an very heart here that ain't been touched uh, by magnitudes of, uh, of the words that were spoken today that not even I would we want to come close to. But God is awesome, and, and I want to brag on him, and I want to tell you about his love and his mercy and his grace and his goodness. And, and uh, you know, I, I, know a, I know a man that went through uh, the same, uh, same thing. If you go to 2 Samuel and David, you know, David and Bathsheba, they had a, they had a reckless life, and the enemy, uh, I'm sure he planted on their mind their, their sin has caused the act and all this, and whether it did or whether it didn't, uh, all I know is that uh, the enemy wants you to blame yourself for what happens, but you're not to blame. God's plan was ordained before the foundation of the world, and before we was ever conceived in our mother's womb, our footsteps were ordered, and so, so you have to understand that God's plan is perfect. He don't make no mistakes, even though we say, why? You know, that's, that's our, our natural response is why. But here's what David said in, in Samuel. He says, and it came to pass on the seventh day that the child died. And the servants, David feared, they feared to tell him that the child was dead. For they said, behold, while this child was yet alive, we spoke unto him, and he would not hearken unto our voice. And how will then vex himself if we tell him that the child is dead? In other words, he was afraid to tell David because he was afraid he'd harm himself. So they went on to say, but when David saw that his servants whispered, David perceived that the child was dead. Therefore, David said unto the servants, is this child dead? And they said, he is dead. And then David arose and the earth and, and washed and anointed himself and changed his apparel and came into the house of the Lord. And then he came into his own house and when he required that he set and bread before him he did eat and then said his servants unto him what things is this that you have done you did fast and weep for your child while he was alive but when the child was dead you did rise and eat bread and he said while the child was yet alive i fasted and wept for i said who can tell whether god will be gracious to me that the child may live but now he is dead wherefore should i fast can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he shall not return unto me. So when you read that story, you think about all these things, and you think about David said, well, you know, uh, you know, they couldn't understand why he fasted. He wept, but he was fasting because they were still hope, and he, were, he was still asking God to give him favor. But God uh, did not. And the child went on, and then he said, how can I bring him? I can't bring him back again, so i got to eat, but I can go to where he is. I can't bring him back. And, and this is a promise to any believer that is a child of God that has lost a, a son or a daughter or an infant or, or a young child. I mean, if you're born again, 
this is a promise that if you're born and, and, and he is your savior, that you can be reunited again. But it also tells us a story that, that David, you're going to have to experience this same thing in your life. You know, so, so when we fast forward scripture, we go over, we go over to uh, the book of Hebrews where he says, it's appointed man wants to die and after this, the judgment. So, you know, all of us are going to have to go by the way of death. I mean, if he comes back for the rapture of the church, this body that I'm dwelling in cannot go to heaven because it's the sin nature. Amen? But see, the soul and the spirit, Kai's soul and spirit, Friday, Carrie and Garrett, that soul and spirit went to be with the Lord. And see, see, there's no, there's no place you're going to go and lay, but he's going to get a glorified body one day. So we ask ourselves, is he running the streets of gold? I don't know what all is happening, but I can tell you, you got senses because the, the rich man was in hell and he had his eyes, he could see, he could feel. He wished that Lazarus would dip his finger in water to touch to his tongue so we could see. He's seen all the good things that he missed out on. But now I want to assure you the good things. And if we go uh, over to the book of Revelation, I just want to show you uh, a little glimpse here. In Revelation uh, 21.4, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. They will be no more tears of sorrow from Kai's eyes, but they might be tears of joy because now he's in the presence of the Lord. I used to think it wouldn't be no tears. You know, they are tears of joy. That's a different tear than sorrow. See, there won't be no more tears of sorrow for Kai. Amen. And he goes on to say that, that and there shall be no more death. See, if you're, if you're born twice, you'll only see death once. Amen. But if you're only born once you'll see death twice and that don't mean you die and forgot about that means that you'll be totally separated from God and his mercy and grace when you end up in a place called hell and uh, neither will there be any more pain for the for the former things are all passed away now think about it Carrie nobody knows like you and Garrett what this little fella suffered the pain the sorrow it still don't make it easy today, and, and it won't in the days ahead. But you can cling to that blessed hope that you'll see your son again. And, and, uh, and God made a, made a promise to his children, amen. And, and then I go over to, to the book of, of John. I love John, and, and, and I love uh, of what John teaches. But this is, uh, this is what Nicodemus, in, in chapter 3, he told Nicodemus, you must be born again. And Nicodemus could not get the concept that, that how could you enter your mother's womb for the second time? He, in his mind, he thought, how could I do that? And, and, the, and the Bible says that, that we have to be born of the Spirit. And, uh, you know, we're born of the Spirit in the water. The water is, as you know, the woman's water breaks. We're born of the flesh. And then the Spirit is when we receive Christ. We're born of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. And he comes in and lives inside of us. And Nicodemus uh, he said, you must be born again, Nicodemus, if you're going to enter the kingdom of heaven. So there's only one way to, to be able to do that. And, and you know, as, uh, as we think about the scripture and the book of John, now, now we talk about the streets of gold and preparing a place for us, a mansion and all these things. And then it gets down to the part, as Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not where you go. How can we know the way? But Jesus said, and to him, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto me, uh, into the Father, but by me. So if we're going to get to heaven, it's through Jesus Christ. So when we talk about uh, entering heaven, 
How do we get there? I want you to know that there's only one way. Jesus is our answer. Today, Jesus would want to give you that invitation. As Kai's here, we know to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Only you can make that decision in your life. Nobody here can do it for you. Amen. But I do, I do know this, that he says, he says that all of us has got to go. So he says in John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. The question is, do you believe that scripture? And then John 3, 17 says he didn't come to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through his Son, Jesus Christ. See, he made a way for us that we could be reunited with our family again. He said, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. See, it's a gift. We can't work for it. We can't buy it. We can't earn it. But we can receive it. It's free. Amen. And I think about Revelation where he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He said, If you open your heart's door, I'll come in and sup with you and you with me. Oh, my. He's saying, If you open your heart, I'll come in. And then it's so simple. He said, For whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. He didn't say you might. As a pastor today, my heart goes out to each one of you. And just, uh, I want to remind you once again, because we're in churches, and we go to church every week, week in and out, pastors included. That's not our ticket to heaven. But what Jesus done on the cross, that he gave his life for our sins, and that he was buried and rose again that third day. And the only way to heaven is confessing all your life and turn from your wicked ways. Today, that's the only way. And today, God would want to ask you, where are you at? Where's your life at today? If your life should end right now, today, and you didn't see tomorrow, where would your eternity be? Just because you go to church won't get you there. But the blood of Jesus, we own a real relationship. It don't matter about no name over no door of doctrine and Baptist and Pentecostal. It matters about a relationship with a Savior and a Redeemer. Today, I just want you to bow your heads where you're at, and I want you, I want you to search your soul and ask yourself. I mean, either you serve Jesus or you ain't. There ain't no in-between. Today, if you, if you are, you know it, and if you ain't, you know it. And, and if you're straddling the fence in the book of Revelation, he said he'll spew you out of his mouth. He'll drive you either hot or cold, lukewarm. He'll spew you out of his mouth. So today is a day for you that your life can change, that you can meet this young man on the other side and the rest of your family members, maybe maybe other family members. Mom and dad's gone before you and all. You want to see them again. There's only one way, and that's through Jesus Christ. So if you're here today and, and you're out of God's will or you don't know him as your personal Savior, I want you just to just to call out to him. I can tell you what to say, but but you got to mean it from your heart, amen. you got to be sincere. Just say, Heavenly Father, I'm a sinner. And I'm asking today that you'd come into my heart and forgive me of all my sins. And I do believe today that, that you died on that Calvary's cross and rose again that third day. And I am confessing you, Lord, of my life today. And Lord, I'll never, never be the same in the name of Jesus. And Father God, I, I want to live for all eternity with you and, and to see my loved ones that went on before me that's known you as their Savior. And Father God, I, you told me there's only one way, and that's through Jesus Christ, your Son accepting what he done and today I want to accept that gift in Jesus name and with your heads bowed and if there's anyone here today that really meant that prayer 
Would you slip your hand up and write back down? I won't, I, I'm not going to come to you, but it's an important decision in your life today. And the Bible says, if you're ashamed before the people, I'll be ashamed of you before the Father. He is knocking. Did you receive him today? Will you slip your hand up, write back down? If someone meant that prayer, just slide your hand up. Would there be one in there? Heavenly Father, we, we just thank you for the opportunity to be able to uh, share the gospel today, Father, and we just pray that you just continue to be with the family in a special way today, minister to their needs. And Father God, help us, Lord. We love you. We thank you for the family, and we just pray that you'll continue to have your will and way in this service today and the days ahead in this family and bless them and comfort them. And Lord, we thank you for all the friends and family that's came out to support this family. And Father God, that will continue to support them, Lord. We ask blessings upon them as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. We love you.
just want to share a brief scripture. And I can tell you, being there the last two days with the family was a privilege. Because what just happened, that we just got to be a part of, happened all day Thursday, all Thursday night, all day Friday. There's nothing like a worship service in the middle of sorrow. There's nothing like a worship service in a living room with a hurting family. As a family just sings these old songs and praises God. That's what God's grace can do. That's what knowing that we have a victory in Christ Jesus, our Lord, both now and forever. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, that's quick. At the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead in Christ be raised and corrupt, and shall we be changed. And for this corruptible must put on incorruptions, we've already heard, and this mortal must put on immortality, that day's coming. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Hezekiah 1. Hezekiah is a victor. And those of us who know Christ, you and I have that same victory that Hezekiah had. The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is a law. But notice this verse and cling on to it. But thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Today you can have that same victory as our brother talked about. That victory in Jesus. The same chapter here in 1 Corinthians 15 tells us how to have that victory. And what that victory really is, it's the gospel. It's the good news of Jesus Christ. The first four verses of chapter 15 tell us that Jesus Christ came. He died on the cross for our sins. He was buried and rose again the third day according to the scripture. And all those who put their trust in him, we too, though we might die in the flesh, we shall be raised and raised to incorruption. One day, if you are in Christ, your mortal body will put on immortality. This corruptible body will put on incorruption in the moment and the twinkling of an eye. That day is coming. Are you prepared for that day? That's the message today. We thank God that there is victory in our Lord Jesus Christ for our dear brother who's already living a victorious life. His victory will never, ever, 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 ever end. And for you and I who know Christ, we have that same victory right now, and it ought not to end either. You can still have victory and shed some tears. But may we see Christ, may we trust in Christ. And today, if you've never put your trust in Jesus alone for your salvation, today, may you do just the same and have that same victory in Jesus. Here, I'm going to ask Brother Tony to come, and they're going to sing a song. And this sort of became the theme song those last couple days. What a day that will be. Dear family, dear friends, what a day that will be. Today, that day can be rest assured if you have the victory in Jesus Christ. Are you trusting him? Can you sing along as they sing, what a day that will be. This is, a, this is also a song that uh, um, his mama and his papa would sing to him during these hard times, what a day that will be. And I sure hope you get to join that day. If not, you, you can make that arrangement today. There is coming a day when no heartache shall prove, no more clouds in the sky, no more tears to dim the eye. 
will be. What a day. As we close in prayer today, I want to make sure that you know, and I, I encourage you, I implore you, I beg of you, make sure that you know that you know Christ. Make sure that you know that you too can sing what a day it will be. Do you have that assurance today? If you're going before we go to the gravesite, if you need to talk to one of us, you need to get it right, don't leave this place without getting it right. Call upon the name of the Lord and he shall save you. Ask of his mercy and you'll receive mercy. Today, if you need to find me or Brother Jeff, you come find us, come find Brother Tony, come find somebody. Take the Bible and show you Christ. Dear family, we love you. It's been an honor to be a part. We're going to continue to be a part. And I know that this community will do the same. Amen? Amen. As we close in prayer today, we do so with hearts that can sing and praise the Lord in the midst of sorrow. And we can trust Christ's goodness. What a day it will be. That day is a coming. Let's pray. Lord God, we come to you this day. We want to thank you, Lord, for this time that we could celebrate and praise you, God, for the life and for the miracle that, that Hezekiah was. Lord, that's just a testimony of your goodness, your faithfulness, your kindness to us. God, we don't deserve a thing from you. But, Lord, you've been so faithful. You always will be. God, we pray that you would give great strength to this dear family today. Lord, they might continue just to sing and uh, that sweet melody in their hearts. Lord, what a day that will be. God, that you would fill them with such strength, such peace, some, such comfort, God, that they just can't understand it. Lord, that they would know how loved they are by you. And, Lord, that we just pray, God, if there's one who does not know you, does not have that gospel assurance, Lord, that salvation assurance, that assurance of heaven, Lord, we pray, oh God, that you would bring conviction, that you would draw them to Christ, that they would put their trust in Jesus alone, in his death, burial, and his resurrection, Lord, that you would save them to the uttermost. God, we pray that as we go from this place, Lord, that you'd be glorified, that you would unite this family, that you would strengthen this family. Lord, that you would be all the things that you said you'd be for this family, that they would trust you by faith. Lord, go with us now, strengthen us. God, may we long and look forward to what a day that will be. In Jesus' name, amen.